0: Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I help service-based businesses to define their brand and achieve their version of success. And today I am joined by the fantastic Alice Benham, a digital marketing coach, podcaster, retreat host, and accidental entrepreneur. So welcome to the show, Alice. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love being on the other side of the microphone, so it's an honor. I just I'm so excited for this conversation as well because I feel like this is something that we're both very passionate about. So today, listeners, we're going to be talking about the importance of building a business your own way. Oh, what a topic. I love it. I feel like it's
1: for so many people, what 2020 has been about is building a business that works better for them. So very
0: topical. I'm all here for it. I love it. There's so much that's been going on. And like, I mean, for any listeners who are out there at the start of your journey, it may sound obvious that growing a business or starting a business is going to be something that's a unique process and experience for you. But actually over time, I think even the best of us from the sheer amount of information and opinions and everything else out there, it can actually get quite difficult and easily get caught up in other people's ways and methods and opinions and everything else that just gets absorbed. And I know some of your story, Alice, and I know how important this is to you and it's happened to me as well. So I'd, I'd love to kind of kick off with why it's so important to build a business that's true to you. Oh, there's so many
1: directions I could take this thing because it's definitely been an evolution for my business. If the me of, so I Five years ago, I was 17 when I first stepped into business. If the me of then listened to this topic, I'd be like, why is this relevant? This isn't something we need to worry about. So I've been on a total journey with this. I feel like there's two sides of building a business that works for you. I feel like one side of it is around being value-driven and doing things in a way that really align with your values as a business owner and as a person. And that's definitely something that for me has been there from day one. My parents brought me up to be incredibly focused on values. So that was always a given. um, the, I think, other side to building a business that works for you has been more of that evolution, which is around, you know, making your business actually work on your terms, putting yourself first, looking after yourself. Um, which of those two do we want to go in the direction of? Oh, because I feel like it's quite different. I
0: think, like, the value one for me is always important because it's, you know, that's kind of your brand foundations. But uh, it, mm. yeah, both of them are important. Let's start with the value focused, and then we'll see how we can flow yeah. through to the,
1: to the second nice. Episode. I love a tangent. I love an awkward, like, I'll transition two wildly different topics together somehow. there will be a segue. Um, <laughs> love a segue. For me, being value-driven, like, there's just not even really another option or way to do it. I think what makes small businesses so brilliant is that they're made by people. And what we love about people and what we connect with people over is those shared values and that's often you might not use the language of values but very often when someone is saying like oh this person is so great or this business is so great what they're touching on is actually one of that business's values and how that then kind of looks or manifests in a physical space so I think for me from the start it was always a given that I was going to do things in a value-driven way but I very quickly realized that wasn't how everyone did things um because you know, all of our values are different. So what looks like value driven business ownership to me looks very different to someone else. Um, And I think it's very easy, especially at the start to get all these conflicting messages of here's the secret to that. And here's the blueprint to that. And here's what you need to do for that. And if you don't yourself feel clear on your personal values, which is really just what you want your business to, to do and how you want it to impact others and the kind of heart that you want to have behind it, then it's very easy, I think, to build something that isn't actually true to you. For me, the one thing that my business has on other people's businesses are the values that I run it with. That's something that nobody else can can take, can copy. It's the one thing that I have got. So for me, it's so important that that is sat within everything. You know, my brand values, which I'm not going to try and say them all off the top of my head, because I always get one wrong. But generally, it's around being transparent, impactful, kind, couple of other words. For me, you know, everything I do is lining up with that. So the way that I treat my team, the way that I create content, the messages that I put out there, my client onboarding process, you know, my administrative process. For me, if everything lines up with those values, not only is my business so much more joyful for me to run because I feel good about everything I'm doing and I never feel icky, uh, but also my business is so much more appealing to other people because other people are drawn to values. And that is very often why people pick one business over another. Like you said, it's the brand foundation and brand is why you pick one business over another. So values are are within that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I could not agree more. And there's a couple of points in there that I really would like to talk about a little bit more. So the first one is the fact that your values, like you said, are absolutely unique to you. And we've spoken on different episodes before where you can establish and make your brand stand out by differentiating yourself using your values. It doesn't have to be something like price. It doesn't have to be anything else. You can use your values to attract the people that you want to. And it really is key. And it's it's like you said there those values then need to influence every stage of your business. I think one of the Mm. early mistakes that I had was I was trying to build values I thought people wanted rather than the values that I knew I wanted to have. It was really tough because it's trying to kind of align yourself with your assumptions about someone else, which never a good thing should never assume but also then having these kind of unfounded expectations because they were built on these assumptions of other people they weren't true to me but then also I found it very difficult to try and find ways for those values to kind of meander through the rest of my business because that's what they should do and like I knew all of this this is the work that I do and I still found it hard and I still got caught up in that kind of wave of Everyone talks about your audience and connecting with your audience, but it's almost like your audience in air quotes is one thing for everyone when it's not. It's so unique for each business. So your values will differentiate depending on your audience, depending on you, depending on everything else.
1: Yeah. And values evolve as well. You know, the brand values that I had a couple of years ago, slightly different, you know, not too (laughs) different, but definitely A different version of the values that I sit with now. And I think that's one of the best things about business is that you're always learning. For me, every day that I run my business, I get better at knowing what I want to be true about my business and what I care about and what's important to me. And that learning continually just keeps shaping those values that I have. And absolutely, like you said, it's almost like that Venn diagram where it's values that are important to me. Values that my audience want to see in a business that they work with, you've got to find where that overlap sits. Because it's not necessarily just your personal values, it's where your personal values also make sense in a business setting. And I don't think that's something you can figure out by thinking. You can't sit there and actually make that Venn diagram and go, okay, you know, you can if you run your business for a few years start to have those answers. But I think the best way to do it is just start running your business you'll very quickly realize what does and doesn't feel good. And that's going to tell you what your values are. And your audience will very quickly begin to tell you what they do and don't like by their behavior. And then your clarity of what sits in that little middle overlap can just keep going up. And those values can keep getting better in in how they serve your business. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And when it comes to how important that is when it's building your business in your own way, I think the experience that I've had and some of my clients have had is when you identify that you're trying to associate yourself with values that don't align with what you actually want to do within your business it does make Mm -hmm. everything feel harder like you don't know what to say as much I found it really hard to find my voice for content because the things I wanted to talk about that I was passionate about I felt like I couldn't say because they didn't quite fit within this kind of weird space I put myself in does that sound like something you can relate to (laughs) Oh my gosh, fully. I think we often
1: crave our brand to like box us in because that feels safe. Yeah. I think, especially when you're at the start, you know, it feels safe to spend all this time clarifying, yeah, this is the, the kind of space that I'm going to exist in. I'm going to perpetuate these values. I'm going to have this brand identity. Actually, for me, brand is about labeling what naturally and organically exists, it's yeah. not about defining something that isn't true. And your values and your brand as a whole, it shouldn't restrict you. It should empower you to do more of what comes naturally to you. I see it a lot, especially now, you know, a huge thing is around transparency. And I believe that transparency should be a fit for for every business, it just looks different for everyone. And I think that's part of it as well. You know, transparency for me, I screen record my bank transactions and show people all of my finances. I talk very openly about the numbers in my business, but I don't believe every business owner has to or should do that. You know, that value even of transparency can look so different for everyone. And I think we all have to give ourselves permission to only define the values that are true for us, put the blinkers on, ignore the other ones that look very shiny and nice, but just aren't true for you. Um, you know. And then go for the ones that do feel more in line with what you do. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. I've spent a long time chasing a brand and values that weren't mine. But the moment that you take the risk and give yourself permission to do what's right is the moment that I think things, at least in my experience, really start to kick into place.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that the way that my business has developed kind of mirrors a lot of that. It's like, as the, as I evolved and kind of embraced more of what I wanted to do within my business and how I wanted my business to feel, who I wanted to work with, and how I wanted that to connect, the more the values just kind of made themselves apparent, almost. It was Mm. just kind of, they came to the surface because it's, it's recognizing what you're saying how it feels how your audience resonates and it's like oh okay these are the points that they're connecting with and these are the points that hold passion and sway over what i want to do and the impact that i want to have so it's almost like they kind of help self identify within your business after a while
1: yeah it's it's that labeling thing right mm-hmm. where you're not sitting down on day 1 and deciding what they are yeah. you're starting to run your business and then exactly like you've said just noticing What is showing up for you? I actually find for a lot of people, we find it easier to think of the values we don't have than the values that we do have. Um, So a good exercise I always find is to think about all the things within your industry, within your space that annoy you, all the ways of showing up, all of the ways of treating people, all of the ways of running their business that really grinds your gears. That's telling you what your values are because the opposite of what that person is doing that really frustrates and annoys you is what you want to be doing instead that was definitely true for me you know, in the marketing space. Hello, there is so much ickiness and uncomfortable ways of selling that I'm just not here for. So for me, I turned what felt like quite an unproductive and annoying emotion of just like these people piss me off into, oh, one of my values is that I want to sell in a way that feels really this. Oh, OK, that actually tells me more about what my values are. So, yeah, it's definitely a self. Exploration exercise rather than a kind of pen to paper figure it out one.
0: Absolutely. And I think, like anyone that I've spoken to, and I'm sure I'd love to hear your input on this as well, but it's kind of within the first six months to a year of your business, like where you start out to where you end up generally Mm. is kind of for me, it was unfathomable. I didn't ever imagine. And it happened again this year in 2020. So my business has been up and running for three years. But I feel like 2020 has compressed five years of plans into one because. I've had to make those decisions and I've had to push myself further than I expected. And it felt almost like the difference between like the only thing I can relate it to is going to the gym and just kind of faffing around and hoping to get results and actually going Mm -hmm. to the gym with a, oh, okay, so this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to focus on. And I have a plan because it was almost like that set amount of time is it makes that difference. And I've, it's just evolved so much more because I've put the work into kind of, have a look at how I want my business to go and how I want it to feel and I've let go of a lot of the crap that I had accumulated. Yeah
1: it almost creates that anchor point doesn't it where you're like you said you're not flailing around not knowing where to start not knowing what to do but you're like okay I'm almost grounded in this brand identity and these values that I have and I would totally agree with you I think in a year like 2020 we've been shown as business owners how important it is to have that internal clarity Mm. because there were so many times throughout the year, you know, when we first went into lockdown, when we came out of lockdown, when all of the awareness around Black Lives Matter was being raised, you know, us as business owners were presented with a lot of questions of how are you going to respond to this and what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to adapt? How are you going to speak up? How are you going to change what you do? And I think those decisions are made so much easier to make when you have your values and you're sure on them because you're not going, oh my gosh, there's so many things I could be doing. You're going, okay, I have these values which tell me that these are the options available to me and this is the way that I want to respond to this. I think it gives you that kind of internal strength that I think is so hard to get when you run a business because it's just you and your brain and it can be really hard to trust yourself and to know what to do. But hey, when you have values, it's almost this like concrete, no, no, this is what we're doing. And then when we make decisions, we just have to always keep that in mind. And in my experience, especially in this year, oh my gosh, having those values has just made so many of those decisions that bit less challenging and tiring to try and answer.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think going back to what you were saying earlier about we like to box ourselves into like this safe little, safe little room where everything Mm. is kind of cozy and you know, everything's black and white. Whereas Actually having values, it gives you a framework that you can almost sense check what you're doing and make sure that it does still fit in line. But it gives you that freedom to expand and evolve. Because if you do build a box around you, it's really hard to break out of that, which then means that eventually you're just going to get a bit stagnant. Yeah. And it humanizes
1: you. Right. Like having those values, which as long as they are the right values for you, they're going to be very connected to you as a person. And I think, yeah, then they do make your business that bit less black and white. But at the end of the day, a black and white business, not literally, because my business is very black and white. So I'm not referencing my branding <laughs> on prone business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But black and white in the sense of what we're talking about here, you know, I don't think that's a business that can evolve because it's going, here is what is true. And there is no nuance to this. And there is no, you know, area for growth to this. Whereas what I love about values is they're so connected to you as the business owner. And as people, we're always changing, always evolving, always growing. So the values and therefore the business are doing the same thing. Yeah, I think if you want an easy way to stay in touch with your business and to make sure your business is evolving and shifting and therefore staying relevant, to me, having values and making values something that you're constantly checking in on. It's a really important step. Just having them is pretty irrelevant if they don't become part of your language and part of your everyday. Yeah, um, yeah I think it just helps with that as well. And it's so interesting to have this conversation because I think for me, being value-driven is now so just intrinsic. I forget flip, like this would be really hard if I didn't have these values here. I'm kind right. of appreciating how much they do.
0: I think it's also like for anyone who's out there who's starting out their businesses and the whole concept of brand values either feels overwhelming or you're not quite sure what it is. Uh, One of the common mistakes I tend to come across is people picking words that they feel, whether they align with them or not, they pick their values, but then they just have them there. They're just kind of like, right, I've done that. I'm going to tick that off of my list. Yes, I have my brand values. Thank you very much for asking. And that's it. Whereas actually your brand values can be used to influence everything that you do. They can weave through your customer experience and your customer journey. They can go through and help you develop your content. They can help you develop the programs and the way that you work. So Mm. if you are at the start and you're like, I do have brand values or I need to have brand values or I don't really know what the heck these values are, they're just there to help make your business feel more like you and feel stronger.
1: Yeah, and feel more like you is, I think, such a good way of putting it. Because I was just thinking about it then. I was thinking about all the different areas that my values impact. And it literally is every movement in my business is done or put through this filter of my values. And I find for me what that does is it almost means that everything to the to the person that it's being done to, whether it's team, audience, you know, students, feels like it's coming directly from me. Yeah. In an online business where things can feel so cold and just you know, text on the screen or something in the post. I think putting everything through that filter of values gives you the assurance as a business owner that things are being done in a way that reflects you in the right way. Yeah. So, for me, that's everything down to like one of my values is around playfulness. So, the way that I create content and the personality that I want in that is to be fun. And the way that I host my group program lives, you know, if I make a mistake, I laugh about it. I talk to people about what biscuits they're having because I want it to feel playful. You know, with the team, we go on trips and have fun activities, and I send them. Gifts in the post because I want that playfulness to be a part of it, and what that then means is that every step of people's journey with your business, whether that's a tweet, an email, you know, a contract, even mm-hmm. it feels on brand. And I think when we hear on brand, we hear it so much. We're like oh, on brand. Like, what does that mean? It just means that everything feels like you. Yeah. Um. And as long as your business is coming from you and it feels like something that's really close to your heart. It's only going to get stronger the more that everything reflects who you are and those values that you have. It's not about putting your face on everything. It's about putting your values into everything. I'm
0: going to caveat and say that yeah, it's not just about putting your face. It's not about putting your face or your logo on everything. It's a lot deeper than just it's mm-hmm. the experience that they have. So it always feels like it's a personal experience with you.
1: Yeah, and that's a, I mean, definitely a hard thing as a business scales. One of my intentions for 2021 is to have a more scalable business. And I'm certain there's going to be a real challenge within that of how do we scale whilst keeping values so at the forefront. It's something I've overcome slightly this year, but definitely will have to take to the next level this year. But you know, as you go from 20 people in a group program to 100, okay, how do I make sure that that experience is even more value driven? Because they're not going to get that one on one from me. I can't remember everyone's names or know everyone's, you know, children's names. So how are we going to make sure this is an even more brand led and personal experience? And I think if you value that from the very start, it is so easy just to make it part of your everyday. I definitely didn't. I had a moment where I went, oh values aren't just about not being a dickhead it's also about everything within my business and then I had to change all my onboarding processes and all that stuff to reflect it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's an ongoing challenge I don't think you tick the box of yep my values are reflected because every time your business shifts which for me is a pretty much daily occurrence Mm -hmm. things need to change in order for those values to stay true so not always easy I think to keep them front and center
0: yeah absolutely but it I mean, your values is one of the biggest ways that you can really make sure that you have that connection and that your business that you're building is your own because other people may share your values or share similar values or combinations of your values, But it doesn't necessarily mean that they can ever be exactly the same as you. Like, that's the beauty of it is that our values, our experience and our passions are all unique in our own way. So Mm. I think that that's one of the best ways that you can really focus on making sure that your business is your own. Like values, I'm sure that we could talk about this probably (laughs) several more hours, but in case you're getting the hint, have a look at your values. (laughs)
1: Yes. And make them part of your everyday, get them up on your wall. I've got them as my, I have a phone background. I like cycle through. Uh, and one of them is my brand values because I do just have to keep reminding myself of them. And it's like any muscle, you know, the more that you put every decision through that filter of, How do I do this in a value-driven way? The more it just becomes second nature. So for me, I find myself, my coach can vouch for this. I'll always be like, I'm so worried that I'm not value-driven anymore. And then we go through this process of them pointing out to me, well, your values have become so natural for you to implement; it's not as physical of a process anymore. But things are still value-driven. So I think aim to get to that point where you flex that muscle so much that then it's like, okay, cool, this is just part of the everyday. Yeah. Um, but don't expect it to be that way instantly. You've got to get the ball rolling. <laughs> Keep reminding yourself of it, and then it will become so. And you'll see the results as well. And as with anything, when you see the results, it's so much easier to keep putting in the work because you're motivated to buy it
0: absolutely and I think that that's another that's a beautiful segue that (laughs) your business will be as successful as you want it to when you build it in a way that feels good for you because I feel Mm -hmm. like particularly in um I had a year it wasn't like January to December but I had a year between like I don't know September through to September where I felt very disconnected from my business and I was trying to build it and I realized looking back that I had just kind of I went into panic mode, I looked at everyone else's advice that was available on the internet and I was kind of like, right, okay, so everyone's doing this, they're doing that, maybe I should take a bit of this, maybe I should take a bit of that and I'll put it all together and I ended up with this bit of a, almost like a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of a business that had been built around mine with all of these things bolted on Um, Hmm. and the way that I describe it with my clients is that it just made my business feel really heavy, like I felt really weighed down by it. And it's only through this year or through 2020 that I've kind of stripped all of that out, which is now what I do with my clients. And you strip everything out and then actually go back to the basics, which is something that, again, I know that you're very keen on where you take your business back and you're like, right. Okay. So start with the foundation, build yourself Mm -hmm. back up. So when it comes to the noise of the internet, and Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your insights on this, particularly being a coach yeah how do you kind of manage that, or how do you work with your clients to kind of manage ignoring like the noise and the conflict of all the uh, gurus?
1: Yes, well, big, big topic. Um, <laughs> and yeah, definitely an apt one for this year. It's been a very noisy year in many different respects with many different, often very important conversations coming to light. Um but I think what I've really learned is that when those conversations feel very c- close to home, You know, there's been tons of really valuable conversations in the last few months about coaching and picking the right coach for you and good marketing tactics and bad marketing tactics. And that, you know, as a marketing coach, that is like close to like, that feels like they're talking about my business, right? So I've definitely learned in that process, you know, it can be really hard when conversations, even if they're conversations you agree with, which marketing in a value-driven way and picking the right coach for you is absolutely something I preach personally and agree with. And um, it can still be really difficult to hear that because in my experience, every time, or at least this is what happened for me, every time I'd see a conversation around like, oh, we need to you know, cancel these coaches that are doing things this way, I would just immediately assume they're talking about me. That's about me. Oh my gosh, like everyone overnight is just going to decide they don't like me anymore and my business is going to end and Probably some of that was down to tiredness. I think my brain was getting a bit dramatic. Um, But that noise can be really paralyzing. And it doesn't feel that paralyzing and noisy all of the time. But I've definitely had experiences this year where it has got that much. And the most simple, but I think most impactful advice you can give for that is just to take a step back. To me, like showing up online is amazing. It is the only reason my business is where it is today. But If I'm not showing up online in a way where I'm actually bringing value to people, there's no point in me doing it. And I personally, and I don't know any clients who can bring value when I myself am not
0: feeling in a good place. Yeah, it's really hard. Your your mental Mm. state can absolutely, because I've had to have a few breaks this year and I know others have because it has been, like you said, a really noisy, it's been a really overwhelming year not just Mm. for personal circumstances, but then business, financial, social media just went through the roof. And I find that a stressful place to be anyway.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah, that lack of feeling... Good. I don't think it's something to push through and ignore. It's a sliding scale. And I say to every client, you know, you need to decide for yourself is this a moment where you can lean in and you can push through the feeling and you know that it's just like a fleeting or a little feeling and it's going to go away? Or do you need to step back and you just need to look after yourself before you go and speak? Um, And I've definitely had a few moments this year where it's been the latter and I've gone, you know, I just need to take a step back. And it's always been the best decision to make. Like, yes, consistency online is so important. But consistency of value is what's important. And if you're ever not bringing value because you yourself don't feel in a place where you want to serve, you actually need to look after yourself. Then there's no point striving for consistency if that value isn't in place. So I think biggest advice for anyone, for clients, for myself, for people listening is just always take that step back and allow yourself to look after yourself before you go out and serve others because and this has been a huge learning curve for me this year you know it's that thing you can't pour from an empty cup and that pouring whether it's through your services or your content or leading your team you know is never done in the best way when you yourself aren't looked after so i think on a big scale step back when that noise comes up and i think on a smaller scale you know obviously i still exist online now and the noise is still present i find it's just knowing how how i walk myself through that so i personally follow very few people online I don't even follow some of my friends and that's not because I don't like (laughs) their content. I'm just so conscious of what I consume because I know that everything I consume has a very subconscious effect on me and it's the same for everyone. So I have to be pretty savage and it has sometimes got me in sticky situations. And I don't know, could my business grow quicker if I networked more? Maybe. But for me, that kind of very curated consumption is so important, and then on the days where I do find stuff, even though I don't follow them because you know how Instagram loves to show you, oh yeah, you haven't asked for. <laughs> um, I think it's just knowing how I help myself. So for me, it's always about taking it back to my values and going, what is being complained or talked about or you know discussed here. Is this something that's true in my business? No. Okay, ignore it, Alice. Is this something that is true? And this is actually calling me out a little bit. Okay, let's sit with that. Is that important to me? Do I agree with that person? You know, do I want to change something as a result? I don't think it's that blanket approach of like, just go and read your wins folder and ignore it. That's relevant some of the time, but we also need to be open to being called out and being shown other perspectives. So I see it, I don't know what it's called. Like there's a lot of like flow diagrams where I'm like, is this something that's true about my business? No, okay, let's move on, like get over yourself. Is it, okay, now we question it and kind of sit with that. A little bit more.
0: I love that insight because it is important to recognize when things maybe are going a bit skew if. And I think that again, part of the noise and part of the things that are easy to get swept up in is being told that, oh, it'll all be okay. There's a few things at the moment that I've been seeing quite a lot that I find a little bit problematic. And it's always trying to choose whether whether the issue is my opinion or whether it's something that I feel like I should have a voice on yes. as well. Because the whole coaching thing, like I've done an episode before where we talked around with, I talked with Siobhan Fox, because I didn't know whether to class myself as a coach or a consultant, because I had a huge thing around the way that the term coach was being used, yeah, viewed by other coaches more than anything. And then also social media seems to be this place where it's like, you can be incredibly vulnerable and expect people to just support you. Or you can be like in a positive way. I think it's great to have this transparency But equally, that shouldn't be expected of every business. And if you start leaning into that when it doesn't feel right for you, it can be more damaging than anything else. Mm. God, I'm so glad you touched on that because, yeah,
1: I think it is important when you're the one adding to the noise to question why you're doing that. Don't get me wrong, there have been times where I've been tempted to, or people have asked me to, or I feel a responsibility to speak up on different matters going on. Now, it's very important to mention it It depends what the matter is. You know, I believe something like Black Lives Matter, that's a human issue. We all have responsibility as human brands to speak up on that. Things which are a little bit more niche to an industry. So the conversations that have been happening around coaching recently, You know I've not said a single this is the only thing I've ever said about it is within this podcast um but what I have done I know a little exclusive you're welcome um is spoken to my friends about it and that's why I think business friends can be so important because I've had hours of debates about are they is this person good or bad and what do you think about that and oh do you believe this or blah 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 don't get me wrong I'm still joining in on the chat I'm just not hosting it in a public space where it's actually not relevant I would love and I wouldn't be bothered to because it's just not relevant but I would love to question the people that do really fuel and add to the online noise and go why are you doing this like is this something that for you is a personal desire to have a conversation and like you said to get that kind of vulnerability engagement which we never want to admit we know about but we all know it's a thing Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe is that more responsibly done in a, you know, one-on-one or just offline setting. I have nothing against people that do want to host online controversial conversations. I've definitely done that in the past. But I think, yeah, you do need to kind of question why. And I would imagine for most people, it's because they're craving, just as you said, that kind of connection and, and for people to see them. I personally get that from my friends and I find that a much healthier and also less polarizing way to do business, you know, unless it's something that's genuinely, you know, life-changing for my business, what's the point in me polarizing myself over it when it's not
0: actually relevant. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you. I think that for me, the way that it's something that I hold true in my personal life, which is why I'm very cautious on the opinions that I share. But I have created this space within the podcast. I have the conversations I do want to have with people that I know can kind of bring another point of view to it as well. Because mm. I'm a big, I'm a big believer that you are absolutely free to have your opinions, but you are not free of the consequences that those opinions may bring yes and if you're not careful with where and how you're sharing those opinions it can cause you know upset whether it's intentional or not because I do question sometimes the power of the internet whether things are done with the intention of kindness or not Mm. and do you really want that I mean is that the way that you want to spend your energy during the day and like you were saying about consistency like for me one of the key epiphanies in my business was being consistent with my energy and how I showed up was much more valuable than being consistent with posting on Instagram every three, like every three days or every week. Mm -hmm. We needed to make sure that when I was posting, it came with the right energy because that's how I connect with my audience. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's why it's so important to know yourself, right? Like self-awareness is I think the biggest thing you gain when you run a business because it's the biggest thing you need. You've got to understand yourself so that you can show up and do things in a way that works for you. Because ultimately, what works for you is going to be what then has you at your best as a designer, as a coach, as a photographer, whatever else you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And just quickly to add to that, one of the questions that I love is: "Is this a hill you're willing to die on?" It's one I'm always (laughs) asking friends. You know, we're always having these discussions in my friendship groups with business owners of like, "Oh, should we talk up about this or this?" And I'll always be like, look, do you want like, is this a hill that you're willing for your business to die on? Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of topics. I'm willing for my business to die on that hill. You know, anything for me to do with human rights. Yes, I'm all over it. Kill my business at the expense of this topic. This is not something I'm going to argue with. But then that does help for the more kind of trivial or even just fleeting conversations. You know, in six months, all of the conversations around coaching is likely going to feel In the past. So, do you really want your business to be marked and changed for the long term negatively Mm -hmm. because you wanted to speak up on that thing, which actually you didn't feel that strongly about in the first place? I'm not going to tell anyone not to speak up, but I think I'd like to know that the people who are speaking up are always taking it through that filter of just making sure they're doing it for the right reasons. Because it would make me really sad to think of anyone having that long term effect that's negative when they didn't intend for that, or like you said, didn't expect. That, that consequence might come as a result of that speaking up.
0: Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think it's that whole pick, pick your battles, pick your hills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and it's different for you. What
1: what's different for others? Yeah. You know, like politics. Likely in the next election, my business will be willing to die on a hill of the party that I mm-hmm. really think is great. For a lot of my business friends, they couldn't think of anything worse and they would never do that. Doesn't mean I judge them on their businesses, just means that their priorities and values are, are different to mine. And that's the beauty of it, right? We yeah. all get to be- in our own way. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think that that again bring it back around to the values. It's like if you're worried that your view is going to be polarizing but you know that it's something that your business is important to you and is important to your business, whether it is mm. relevant to your business or not, like you're still going to have built or cultivated an audience that likely shares some of your values so maybe would be more willing to have that conversation if you can articulate it in a way that is embracing conversation rather than kind of demanding Responses or kind of you know poking a hornet's nest with a stick. (laughs) Yes, that is a a very good way of putting it. I totally agree. Something else that you said there, which I think is really key when it comes to building your business, is to remember that it's long term. I think that a lot of us, especially when we're starting out, you get caught up in the in the kind of the mystery of what's going to happen next, and your business feels or it can feel like everything has to happen now or within the next few months because you know that's where what, that's what's important now we need to get these you need to get the clients in you need to get the money coming in you need to launch the product you need to do the thing whatever it might be when actually it is a marathon this is a long term thing so i know that you're super passionate about big pictures so i'd love to kind of touch on setting goals that are specific to you for your business as well oh my gosh you have hit me with the right topic this week yes
1: i could I mean, you've hit me with all the best topics. I could talk about all of these things for days. Um, and I think goal setting, is such a hot topic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially around this time of year. You know, I'm sure when this comes out, it's going to be the beginning of a year. But the, the end and beginning of any time period seems to always bring up this conversation around goals. And I find it a really interesting one to observe because it's so polarizing. I think again, people, you know, you're one of two camps, you love goals, you've got all the planners, you've got all the goals in the world, it's up on your wall, or you're someone who's like, I don't want to set goals, I don't like them, they don't work for me, I'm not here for it. Um, And I kind of see part of my mission is helping to bridge the gap between those two groups, because I believe goal setting is incredibly powerful. But I think we've had it framed in the wrong way for a long time. I think as business owners and as humans, we see the aim is to set a goal you know, we go, what are your new year's resolutions? What goals are you going to set for this year? Whereas actually for me, the aim isn't to set a goal. The aim is to get closer to your long-term vision, whether that's for your business, your life, your career, your relationships, and a goal is how you do that. So goals aren't the aim. The aim is to get closer to the long-term. Goals are just an amazing tool that we've come up with, which helps you to do that. So for me, what's so important there is that your goals have purpose. I Couldn't think of anything worse than sitting down and just plucking goals out of my head of like, oh, I'd like to do that oh, I saw someone do that. Oh, that would be fun. For me, that's one of the reasons out of many that we set goals and never achieve them is because they're not actually rooted in purpose. So they're not actually important to us. And what I mean by important to us is they don't link up with that long-term vision. So for me, very briefly, I have a method where I set yearly intentions. Those are about depicting that long-term vision, how I want my business to look and feel by the end of the year. Then I set quarterly goals, which directly line up with those intentions. So a goal doesn't get to happen in my business um, unless it is completely obviously linking up with those intentions that I've set and then I break those goals down into action steps and weave that action and that doing into my everyday. because I think that's one of the reasons we don't achieve goals as well is we just plonk a goal up like never look at it again or just keep looking at it and going yeah I really need to do that thing Um, and if you don't bridge the gap between the goal you've set and the action you need to take to reach it you are making life Incredibly hard for yourself. So that's kind of my initial thoughts and feelings on goal setting and how I believe we can do it a little bit better as business owners.
0: I, yeah, again, this is something that's only really entered my world within the last year because for the first, so two and a half years, I was still full time employed. So my goals for my business was more like, you know, replace my income, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really working towards them any more than just doing what I yeah. was doing. And also, that's an outcome, right? Yeah.
1: Like, replace like even for me like I never have goals around money because for me money like okay but how like a goal is meant to be about how you're doing something so it might be you know I want to sign this many clients or I want to launch this new program or I want to bring in two new income streams like that's actually actionable whereas when you're setting a goal around an outcome you're again making life hard for yourself because well what happens if when you started to action it you realize the outcome was going to be different to what you expected but you prefer that or I always use this example of like, I feel like exercise and weight loss is such an easy one to use. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, I want to lose this amount of weight and that's your goal, Okay, well, what happens if you lose a pound less than that? Like you failed now? Like, no, you still got closer to that big picture. So the goal should more be around the how of it. Um, And I think not just setting goals because we think we should as well as a big part. Yeah, You know, the logical like, well, I'm part-time. So my goal should be to go full-time. That's why that long-term vision is so important because it gives you permission to check in with like, well, do I actually want to do that? Do I actually want that next step for my business or for my life, or is that just because everyone else has it, or yeah. I feel like I should? The societal checklist that you come across, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we're talking about business here because I could rant about like the female societal checklist for years. So we'll, we'll keep. Well, it. we'll niche. keep that for
0: another episode. <laughs> we'll like come we back for that one. A B series, like. Oh my gosh, I'm here for. Oh, you're hitting all the right topics. I'm happy to stay. <laughs> I was going to say get your own podcast, but hey, she has. So <laughs> show notes. <laughs> People don't need any more. to listen to my voice but thank you but yeah I think that that for me exactly what you said just hit the nail on the head it's having it's realizing the difference between actionable goals that you can control and those outcomes where you're like oh okay this is what I want to get but actually I've got no way of judging or being in control of whether that's actually going to happen So switching Mm. for me away from monetary goals. And this is something that's come up before as well It's like in the corporate world and having worked in the corporate world, everything was money focused. You worked because you got your salary. You worked to get a promotion, to get a pay rise. You worked so you get a bonus. Whereas actually in small business, it's more what impact can I make? What do I want to add to my life? What do I want my life to look like? And I think that Mm. that's such a lovely switch. But there was a really rocky time where it was going from that employee, to entrepreneur mindset that it's really hard to get caught up in like that change almost like having to understand that goals you you actually can achieve goals rather than writing them on a mid-year performance review where you're just like yeah I'll do that I'll go on that course yeah. fine <laughs> I think that's such an interesting point because I've not probably worked in corporate before. So I always find it so
1: fascinating hearing people's experiences of that kind of corporate to business shift. And I can totally imagine that because that's going from goals being a measure of your success. Mm-hmm. You know, has Tammy done well in quarter three at her job? The goal is how they're measuring that. Yeah. So in business, goals are more about, like you said, challenging yourself to go to the next level and fueling, you know, a push of momentum into your business and for me, that way of seeing goals is so much more exciting yeah. because the pressure's taken off, right? I think that's part of our fear with setting goals as well as that it was like, well, if I set a goal, then I can fail or then I could do badly. Um, I do think if you don't like failing, then you probably don't want to run a business because it's a very normal occurrence when you do that. <laughs> um but also for me, like, what's wrong with that? Like, I've set goals before. I share on my podcast at the end of the year all of the intentions and goals that I didn't achieve. And that for me is as valuable as the ones that I did because there's always a reason. Might be that actually when you went to try for that certain project, you realized it wasn't a good fit for you or you realized that actually it wasn't a priority. And that way you learned more than you did when you just sat there thinking about it and hoping and dreaming for it in the first place. So yeah, for me, goals are just, oh, they're amazing. And I'm just so, so passionate for more business owners to do goal setting in a way that works for them. Cause it really upsets me when people I feel so lame and I? I get really upset when people talk about goal setting. Um, but it's like seeing unfulfilled potential, right? Like when people aren't setting goals, I'm like, Oh, you could probably be growing so much quicker. And I don't mean financial growth or anything like that. I just mean growing what you want and what's important to you and amplifying that. Um, that's what gets me excited. And that's why I love goals because they help more people to do that.
0: I think that that's exactly it. And it's also for me, that's the difference between small business and kind of a corporate career is a corporate career is just a checklist and you just keep showing up because that's what you do. Whereas with a small business, it's like, this has the, this has the, very real potential of allowing you to live your life in a very specific way and Mm. I don't feel like a corporate job has that amount of flexibility like if I chose with my small business that I'm only going to work three days a week then that's something that I could actively work towards whereas in the corporate world it would be much harder because it's not within my control
1: Mm, that's what's mind-blowing to me. I'm like, why does anyone work a corporate job? <laughs> <laughs> I get that like my family corporate and they love it and so I understand like I do actually yeah. get like for some people's priorities it does work. Um but yeah, I think when you're used to the autonomy of running a business, mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing that you don't get to go, you know, what? I'm going to turn up at this time or I'm going to work these hours because that's when my brain's at its best or I'm going to take a month off because I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy to me that you don't get that control and autonomy and I can
0: imagine once you've tasted the good life of business ownership, no going back. I find it really funny to hear that because it took me a long time to feel that kind of confidence around my business, being able to facilitate the life that I wanted. Because Uh when I was growing up, it was kind of, it's what you did. You went and got a job like that. That was the path that you took. Mm. So now where it is kind of, I had a taste of it whilst I was working full time, but it was stressful because I did it the wrong way. And I built my business in a weird way that wasn't really aligned with anything and had no focus. And I loved it then. I just love it more now.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I'm completely the same as you, you know, business didn't begin working well for me it was all about helping and serving others and I think that's very typical for business owners because we start with well here's what you know we here, don't we serve before you sell give people value you know when you're service-based you are serving it's in the name so I think it's not always logical to start thinking about you but in my experience every business owner at some point reaches a moment where they go oh I kind of need to look after myself here or not even need to but also want to mm. because at the end of the day when we're working so hard whether that be you know in intense work or long hours of work. um, It's just quite mentally draining, isn't it? I think there comes a point where we do want that to come back for us. I've definitely been on that journey this year, like just beginning to think, actually, I do want to pay myself a salary and I do want to take time off and I don't really want to work or have to work evenings. And now when I do, it's a choice. It's not an easy transition because the business isn't used to treating you well. So it takes quite a lot of work to make it be better for you. But it's like we said, isn't it? When you're at a better place as the business owner, what you do and create within the business for others is at its best as well. But yeah, it sounds like neither of us had that from the start. Oh, I don't think so. Transition. <laughs> It's a hard thing to value at the start. And and part of me thinks, you know, I don't buy into hustle culture, but I do think at the beginning, you've just got to get, get your head down, work the hours, make it happen, have that grit. And then I think you do have the, it's easier at least down the line to then go, all right, let's take a step back now and think about how we can be happier and healthier as the business owners. And thankfully now there's some amazing coaches and mentors out there that help you do that. Mm. I know
0: I wouldn't have done it without some. Good bit of outside support. Oh my goodness! I don't think that I would ever have gotten to the point. No, I don't think I would have gotten to the point that I was at as soon as I did if it mm-hmm. hadn't been for my business coach. Because it was almost like having this continuous stream of permission to do things the way that I wanted to, but I didn't think I would be allowed to do in my own <laughs> no. business because mm-hmm. my brain was telling me that's not how a business works.
1: Mm-hmm. Thing, especially is
0: women like we're
1: not conditioned to trust our instinct and to trust what we want and to go after that so yeah I think it's really normal that a lot of the time we do turn to coaches and mentors to almost give you that permission slip and just let you go yes you want that like let's map out what that's going to look like and help you to make that happen definitely the same with me I like, always dreamed of taking a month off but until I got someone else to make me do it never did it and now I'm like well that's a bit strange. like come on I'm a grown woman like why can't I just do it by myself but
0: we all know. it's it. so weird though isn't it but yeah I think again another one for the series the last thing that I would love to touch on quite quick well for as long as we want I suppose would be <laughs> kind of um managing self-doubt and imposter I think that that would probably be the other key one which we've kind of touched on there a little bit where it's like you need to have you feel like you need to have that permission but mm. I mean I know for me self-doubt and um, like imposter syndrome is something that I have come up against and I know that I will like we just manage with it now like it's just there I imagine it's like Mr Punch from like Punch and Judy just like yeah, that yeah. irritating voice on the side that you just try and ignore yeah there, When you're focusing on building your business, your way, especially when you're evolving up, leveling your business, the way that you have so significantly, do you find that there are ways that you can manage your self-doubt and imposter or do you just kind of see what happens? (laughs) I
1: sometimes worry with questions like this, whether it's going to make me incredibly unpopular with my answer because I, but hopefully this just makes it more relatable to people because I don't think I actually experience that much Mm -hmm. self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And what I mean by I hope people find that a good thing isn't that. I assume people are the same, but hopefully it then gives a bit of context to how many risks I seem very comfortable taking within my business and how much I literally don't care about putting myself out there looking stupid, all of that fun stuff. Um, I think because I started my business at quite a young age, I don't think I had at that point, I was 17, you know, I didn't have the maturity, I think to understand what I was actually doing. So (laughs) there's some pros and cons to that. But one of the pros would be that I didn't, I didn't really have an awareness of what negative things could happen by putting yourself out there, by putting yourself out online, by standing strong in your expertise. You know, to me, I just thought that was what you had to do. So I kind of just did it. I didn't realize that there were these things to fear. Um, I appreciate that if you are, you know, if you've had a job and a career before going into business, you're probably more aware of the things that can go wrong because you probably faced some of those things previously. I think I was just fresh to it. So I was like, I don't care. I do not even know that anything could go wrong. Let's go for it. Obviously I have experienced then some of the negative things that can happen as a result of running a business and putting yourself out there and taking risks. But I think for me, it's always bringing it back to, well, why am I doing this? You know, I, yes, I doubt my ability. Yes. I wake up in the morning and think who am I to coach people or who am I to put this price tag next to this expertise or what are people going to think when I call myself this or go and share that I do have those thoughts but I don't let them stick one of my close friends Chloe Slade has an amazing um things she always says to me is, uh, feel your feelings, don't feed them. And for me, feeling not feeding looks like acknowledging it's there, going, wow, I feel really insecure today. Trying what I can do to help myself with that, which for me looks like taking it back to my why and going, okay, I feel really nervous about but I don't know. I'm currently in a very long transition of going from a digital marketing coach to a business coach. It's a three-odd year transition, which we're about halfway through. Um, I've so far stripped away digital marketing. We're just with coach at the moment. Don't feel confident enough to add business in. Uh, that's the whole conversation within itself. So with that, there's a lot of those feelings coming up every time I just slowly take another step. And when I do that, I take it back to, okay, well, why am I doing this? Why do I run this business? What impact do I care about it having? What am I passionate about? What impact do I want it to have on me? And for me, the second that I reconnect to that why, that fleeting moment of fear or insecurity feels so irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, I care more about my why than I do about what the risk is. So I'm going to still do the thing regardless. And then I think our brains, the more that we do that, the easier it gets. So if in very small ways, you know, sending that scary email and um, following that person on Instagram, putting that reel out there, starting that podcast, you know, as more as more you can do those things that tell your brain that scary things are okay and putting yourself out there is okay, the easier it gets then when that fear flags up in bigger settings to just still do the thing because your brain knows, okay, well, when this happened before we were all right, and actually a good thing happened. So it's going to be all right to do this again. Um, Quite a practical answer. That's just what no, I'd like. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> but that. yeah, that's I cool. think feel it, don't feed it, put the blinkers on, unfollow people that trigger you. Only let so many people speak into your business. I love the quote of don't accept feedback from people that you wouldn't ask for advice from. Mm. I've had a fair few moments this year of some people not liking me. um, It's been really hard. But at the end of the day, when I question, hey, is this someone that I would ask for advice from? Is this someone that knows me? Do I value them? Do I respect them? Well, I respect everyone, but do I respect their business and what they do? Not really. So, okay, I'm just going to kind of let that one slide and it's not that I don't lay awake at night still thinking about it but it's that I don't let it sit in my head and define the action I take because at the end of the day that's kind of what you know that's what fear and other people's opinions want to do to you they want to stop you so the best way you can kind of put your figurative middle finger up to that whether it's a fear or a person it's just by doing the thing anyway yeah and proving to yourself that it's all right
0: I love that I love the practicality of that answer because I feel like a lot of the time it can feel quite whimsical when you're talking Mm. about things that are impacting the way that you think because it's not a tangible thing it's a feeling I think that it can be quite hard to manage and one of my favorite quotes is you can't be everyone's cup of tea or you'd just be a mug this (laughs) is like Oh my gosh, I've never heard that one. That's so good. I don't know if it's one that I've just said for long enough that it was actually mine to start with or whether I heard it somewhere else. So I'm gonna claim credit unless someone else does, then you can have co-credit. It's fine. Um oh, that's so true though. It's
1: like that thing about peaches, isn't it? Like you can be the sweetest peach, but some people just don't like peaches. Yes. So
0: yeah, get over it. Exactly. I think a lot with the self doubt and imposter is, is this something that do you, would it be better to stay where you are or would it be better to try something different? It's like, how much mm-hmm. do you want to try it? And just to remember that n- there's very little in this world that can't be undone or changed if it doesn't go the way that you want. Like, there's always yeah. something else that's going to happen. Yeah,
1: it's never the end of the world. And I do think that's what separates business owners from non-business owners is that we see that exchange and we're always going to go for the thing that's going to get us closer to our why than the thing that feels more comfortable now I'm not saying my gut instinct is always to do the scary thing sometimes I wake up and think wouldn't it be lovely just to have a comfortable life and to not constantly feel like I'm proving myself and I'm leveling up but the second I explore what that comfortable
0: option looks like I'm like nah. Yes, I'm not here for that you can save that for future Alice if she fancies it in the- yeah, yeah
1: yeah I'm like my thing in my head is always um like when I start a family I'm like when I'm married then I'll like I'm not really in a relationship I'm always like once I'm married then
0: I'll have a more normal life but for now now we're good <laughs> and hey what is a normal life anyway Very, very true. Very true. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, well, to wrap up this episode, I would love to ask you from kind of everything that we've discussed and from all your wealth of experience, what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd love to share with the listeners when it comes to kind of building your own business?
1: Oh, flipping out. We've been around the houses. I know. Conversations, (laughs)
0: like all of my favorite things.
1: I think for me, it would always be around, be clear on why you're doing it and be open to letting the rest follow. I think as humans, we're in love with boxes and plans and structure. And it would be amazing to sit down and write a five-year business plan. But at the end, of I don't think many businesses are built In that way. The best businesses that I get the privilege of seeing and knowing are the businesses that evolve. And they are super crystal clear on why they do what they do and the foundations. And then they let all of the detail of how they do that and what that looks like just evolve, respond, react. It is a way of running a business that feels. (laughs) at times a little bit crazy, but I think it builds the best businesses. Um, and it allows you as the business owner to have fun while you're doing it. So any stage you're at, take a moment off the back of this episode, ask yourself why, why do you run your business for you? Why do you run your business for others? And then make that something you're always aware of. Wallpaper, phone, wallpaper, phone, wallpaper, wallpaper, your phone. wallpaper <laughs> on your wall, wherever
0: you want to have it. Um, yeah, know why, let the rest follow. Brilliant. I that That's fantastic. Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Alice. And where can the listeners find more about you? They're not already like flipping out. She
1: does not need to speak more. Um, you can come and connect with me over on Instagram, which is my main hangout. And I'm Alice underscore Benham. Share a lot of behind the scenes of running my business, and yeah, just tons of content over there. And then I've also got a podcast called Starting the Conversation. Um, I think it's going to evolve in 2021. So all I'll say is that it is about keeping the business world open and honest we have very real conversations about what it's like to run a business um and yeah there's i think 140 episodes so feel wow. free to go and have a binge <laughs> unless you're like wow her voice needs
0: to stop <laughs> which i wouldn't be mad at i think like having listened to not all 140 i have to say i haven't quite got <laughs> that achievement just yet but i genuinely look forward to your podcast when it comes out is it mondays that it comes out that's the one yeah yeah and i love listening to the episode. so i would Highly, highly recommend if you're at any stage of your business going over and having a look. And I will leave the links in the show notes so you can rack up a couple of those episodes after this one. Thank you so much. Those are incredibly
1: kind and generous words, and I've genuinely loved this. It's been so much fun. It's been been a blast. I've had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever packed so much into a single podcast interview. So props (laughs) to you. We've we've done that.
0: yeah I think it's it's only because I have notes because otherwise I think it would have been like just carrying on and on and on
1: (laughs) it's uh, that's I think that's my error is that I'll pick one topic and then I'll like die on it for 45 minutes and then I'm like okay we probably could have done a bit more than that (laughs) so now I rate that I think it's a good
0: approach (laughs)
1: perfect so
0: yeah thanks once again for joining um thank you for joining me and the listeners today it's like they will be here too um and listeners if you want to find out more about alice including her podcast starting the conversation all the links will be in the show notes and come back here on thursday when alice will be sharing her business journey and brand story with us in more detail and until then come and join us in the community on instagram or facebook and let us know your thoughts about this episode don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to support the show and i will see you in the brand lounge